to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who and also the Sarah Jane adventures now, I guess. Yeah, branching out. <laughs> yes, well, might as well. Might as well. Um, thank you, listeners, if you are still uh, jo- joining us and, and along for the ride for this. I, I'm aware this isn't technically Doctor Who, but anyway, uh, we'll get to all that. Uh, I am joined, as always... By the vengeful Matt. Hello there. You didn't say who you are, but you're you're David, aren't oh, you? I am David. Hello. Yeah. You should know this by now. Who who is tuning in for the first time for this one? I don't know. There might be some Sarah Jane <laughs> adventures, like freaks out there. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, if so, welcome, welcome. That I, that'll be interesting. Uh, there will be people out there. Who like maybe loved Sarah Jane Adventures as a kid, but for whatever reason, never got into Doctor Who. It, it's the wrong uh, way around to do it, isn't it? But yeah, uh, uh, there will they'll be out there. Maybe not many. Maybe just one. But I guarantee there'll be someone out there who who has really fond memories of Sarah Jane Adventures, but absolutely could never be asked with watching Doctor Who. Um, anyway. Before we get into all of that, uh, how has your week been, Matt? Uh, it's, it's been nice. It's been sunny, hasn't yeah. it? It's been warm. Oh, yeah, it has. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, happy summer solstice, mm. by the way. When, yeah. when was that? Is that today? It is today as we are recording. Oh, recording this man. on Tuesday the 21st. I can't wait for the yeah. nights to start getting darker. I'm sick of going to bed at like <laughs> 11 at night and it being broad daylight. <laughs> it's a bit much after a while, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I do. Uh, my partner and I do have a bit of a tradition of, of staying up on the solstice and sort of just sitting in the garden until the very last drops of light ever wake. Mm. So it's an un- it'll be an unusually late night for me. But because uh, normally we're tucked up in bed by about 10. Yeah, like <laughs> maybe listen to a podcast for half an hour. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Rock and roll lifestyle. I can't wait to get in a decent night's sleep again. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. It's what get, kills me more than the nights, it's the mornings. It's something makes a noise and wakes me up at four thirty. And it's like it's fully bright daylight out there. The the birds are just banging away with uh, as much noise as possible. I'm just like, Alright, that's it then, I'm awake, I suppose. See just sort of I poodle around the house for two hours. I, I get up at half five anyway. Like, that's just my getting up time. So, it's not impacted me that much. Yeah, I'm I'm someone who, left to their own devices, if they're not, if nothing wakes me up, I, I can quite easily sleep through to like eight, nine o'clock. Um, but, uh, yeah, that doesn't happen at the moment. It hasn't happened for a long time, to be honest, you know. Uh, joys of having a three-year-old and all that. Um, I'm trying to think anyway. if I've done anything this week. Uh, I went to a castle. I mean, it's been bloody ages since we last uh, spoke, so yeah. you'd hope something's happened. You went to a castle? Yeah, I went to Ripley Castle. Ooh, I went to a castle as well. Ooh, which one did you go to? Um, it's I don't know whether it's pronounced Brow or Bruff. It's spelled B-R-O-U-G-H. I think it's Brow. Yeah. Um... Nice little castle. Yeah, I'm gonna Google it and yeah. see who's got the bigger castle. It probably you. It's not. It's not a big castle. I don't know. I went to Ripley Castle, which is a small. 
Oh, so let's you, see. Yours, yours is bigger but more ruined, I would say. Oh, it's yeah, it's it's not in a good state. Um, English Heritage uh, dare not charge admission. Like when I say I went to Ripley Castle, looks nice. Yeah, it's basically like a stately home. Yeah, very fancy. Um, so I think is I sh- that a moat there? Well, it's got a big or a lake. lake. Yeah, yeah, and a big deer park, but. We didn't actually Ooh. go in the castle. I went and met a friend and we just went for a walk and a catch-up. And as soon as we set off, my hay fever went up to about 12 out of 10. Oh, and, God. Uh, then as we walked a bit further, she said basically she hadn't really recovered since having COVID, so she was out of breath. So when I say we <laughs> went to a castle, we walked near a castle, then sat on a bench for two hours in the sunshine. <laughs> Well, you know, worst things to do, eh? Mm. That was nice. Mm. Like I say, the weather's yeah. been good. Yeah, we, my, um, my partner and I, we, we got away for um, j- just a, a one night. It was our first overnight stay in the in the van with the boot jump. Ooh. Which uh, is, as I feared, not big enough for two adults and a small child. Right. Which we, we kind of knew going into it, but we kind of wanted to test it out. Um, I think the next step is probably going to be getting some kind of awning so we can move little Zorbs into the awning. Yeah. Um, because I, honestly, I, I was amazed uh, after that night that I didn't come out like looking like corned beef. I was just so <laughs> compressed <laughs> into a tiny area. Um, it was not a comfortable night's sleep by any stretch, but it was lovely to to get out and get away for a little bit and uh, yeah, see a tiny ruined castle. We went to a lovely bookshop as well. Oh, I'm, I love a good bookshop. Oh, this was a real cracker. I'm gonna have to. I can't remember what it's called. Is it a little small independent um, one. It, well, it was an independent one, but it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a small. Uh, by any stretch um, Westwood Books in Sedberg um, it's it, it's um, two stories quite sprawling two stories? Mostly... that's not yep. many books there's a joke for um, the week but yeah um, uh, mostly second hand a bit of first hand stuff as well um, and yeah, just just a really lovely vibe. Um, so if you're ever in Cumbria, if you're in that sort of neck of the woods, Westwood Books, uh, give them some of your hard-earned pounds because, you know, you don't see many bookshops of that caliber these days. Mm. Um, I don't think I don't think we went anywhere. We went to like a little village shop that was, yeah. that was quaint and a bit odd, but. Uh... No, that was about it. Lovely. Like a village shop. Mm. Just nice to be out of the house, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Nice to, like, go out and do literally anything. I don't know. Other than that, I've been largely uneventful since I saw you last. Mm. Yeah, I mean, same. It's just, you know, mostly work. But, uh, yeah. All righty. Do you want to talk about Doctor Who for a bit? Yeah, I mean, why not? I quite like our conversation about being out in the sun. 
it's worth saying it's a rare Tuesday night recording because yeah, last I, night I mean, you were just going so mad for the sun we just didn't bother. Oh, that's true. Yeah, last, <laughs> last night we were we were we were uh, I was out with the family just uh, just mucking about by the river swale. My my watching my three year old trying to catch baby fish with his bare hands to in in his words make sushi. Oh wow. He didn't. He didn't catch any. They're quite fast. I, I don't think I'd eat anything that came out of the swale, though. <laughs> People do fish there. Yeah, but not not for not for food. <laughs> you, you you imagine not? I don't know. Oh, it's just so nice. It's summer, isn't it? It is. Yeah, we're giddy, giddy with the. Uh... The joys it's shandy of weather. I had some shandy this week. I knew you. Oh, had... did you? Yeah. You've 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 uh, burst your, your your shandy bubble for the, yeah. the year. Yeah. yeah, three pints of shandy I had last Friday. Ah, oh, excellent stuff. I'm on the tea tonight. Oh. Uh, I, I, to be honest, if if I had the wherewithal for making a shandy today, a, a shandy would certainly be uh, on the docket. But uh, sadly, no, nothing. Uh, Nothing in the house. Oh, I'll tell you what happened this week. Yeah? I, I was just... My line of thought there was, I wonder if we could get sponsored by Shandy, but no one yeah. will sponsor us because we're a tin pot little horrible podcast. But actually, <laughs> this week we charted, David. Did we? Yeah. I think it's like maybe the first... We certainly charted in Singapore in the past. But oh, yeah, yeah. This week... I'd be very excited about that. This week we cracked the top 50... Film and television podcasts in the Netherlands. Oh wow! How uh, how insane is that? It is. You you you. I mean, I guess maybe just demand is low <laughs> overall. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for to all our listeners in the Netherlands. Yeah. For that. I've been there. It's lovely. I went to Arnhem. Yeah. I've been to Amsterdam ne- as well. That's quite nice. Never been. Would like to go. But uh, not not had the opportunity as of yet. Um, anyway, come on, let's let's have a little bit of Doctor Who talk talk because we you know, apart from our regular features, we're not going to get much of a chance today. No. Um. So, uh, do you want to start with the A to Z? Well, yeah, we can do. We're up to W. W. Well, they've got three weeks left of this. I can't wait. Yeah, got some big ones. Yeah. For w. Yeah, I was trying to think what we're going to do next. I liked your suggestion, but I'm going to keep that to myself. Yeah, we'll see. Time will tell. Yeah. So what have you got for W, Matt? I'll tell you what I haven't got is Meal of the Week. <laughs> That's not coming back. I'm just putting that in It's now. not. Right, yeah. for Dead. W, would you like some episodes? I certainly would. Okay. What do you make of World War Three? Um... Heart's in the right place, but it's not brilliant. Okay, what do you make? Of- uh, probably the better part of that of that two parter, though. To be fair, I think it ends strong, doesn't it? I, 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 I can't even remember what happens. Yeah. Uh, like I can't remember Waters of Mars. I remember liking it, and I remember it being yeah. somewhat of a big deal. I have. I, yeah. I know it's got like wet men in it. It it does have wet men and wet ladies. Yeah. Um, but, 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. I can't remember what I said at the time on Waters of Mars. Overrated. Yeah. I think. You know, I think everybody loves it because of the denouement. You know, of of the Doctor going a bit doolally and trying to uh, uh, rewrite a fixed point in time and and all of that. But um, is that the time Lord Victorious that, ending one? Yeah. Yeah. But that, but to be honest, because the next episode is uh, End of Time Part One, there really isn't enough payoff for that. I don't think it. It all feels rather rushed, so I don't feel like that moment should be enough for for everyone to be singing the praises of that story as much as they do. It's it's decent though. Don't get me wrong; it's a decent watch. Um, what else? What you got? about the wedding of River Song? Complete codswallop, but highly entertaining codswallop. Yeah, I think I'd go with that. I think I'd agree. Like, yeah. I, all I can remember is like, well, basically anything that's got River Song in just gets like, yeah, plus ten points from me. Yeah, no, I mean it is good, uh, but it's uh, <laughs> it needed to be a two-parter. I think that one. I think that's its biggest issue. It feels very rushed for a, you know, a se- season finale wrapping up so many loose ends. It, it, it just comes across a little slapdash. What about the witch's familiar? I like the witch's familiar. Um, is that the, is that the first or the? Oh, that's the second, isn't it? Uh, of that two part of the one that's largely takes place on Scarrow. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, good times. Enjoy that one. What about The Woman Who Lived? Uh, yeah, better than people give it give it credit for. Decent. Is that... what? What's that thing called through that series? You know, the two things together. The hybrid. Yeah. Is that the worst story arc for a season? Uh, I don't think so. I like it. I like it because it's very ambiguous. Yeah. See, I, I wanted it. I wanted like a definitive answer, but it just kind of yeah. Like us. David, maybe nah. you're the hybrid, and we all maybe. we all go ooh. Yeah. Right. Maybe maybe our podcast is the hybrid. Oh yeah. There are two of us. Yeah. Maybe our podcast and the great nation of the Netherlands is the hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I like series nine. I'll tell you what. Good stuff. Uh, do you think we could get some free Stroop waffles now that the Netherlands loves us? Oh, I think I thought they were Belgian. Have I got that wrong? Uh, I'm certain. Certainly, last time I had friends go to Holland, they brought me back some Stroop waffles. Yeah. I mean, I'll take any Stroop waffle anywhere, anytime. Yeah. I don't really care if it's, it, it's if, country of if origin. If you are the listener, I, I assume there's only one. That boosted our position in the Netherlands film and TV podcast rankings. Please yeah. get in touch, okay? Because we need to set up shipping for Stroop waffles. Yeah, you know it probably is something like that. It's probably just like one mad person binging, yeah, uh, our back catalogue at an unhealthy rate. <laughs> yeah, which I know people do do. Um, that's probably what's happened there, isn't it? Well, I don't know. I don't even know what the population of the Netherlands is, but thanks either yeah. way. 
Yeah, no, we appreciate it for sure. Uh, any more? Uh, oh, I've got YouTube loads. I've got stories. loads, David. What about World Enough right. in Time? Banger. Yeah. What about the woman who fell to earth? Uh, a good start. It's sort of more or less downhill from there for uh, for series eleven, but uh, start strong. What about the witch finders? Uh, yeah, I, I, largely I enjoy that one. Uh, I think the the uh, the monster and the resolution of that is is a bit pat. All, all I remember from that was our listeners going mad for Alan Cumming. Yeah, I, I still don't get the Alan Cumming thing. No, no. I don't get why why he's a big deal, but yeah. What about War of the Sontarans? Uh, oh yes, yeah, good one. I can't. Remember. I think I ended up ranking that quite low over for Flux, but I I just really like Flux. Yeah. Right, that is all the episodes. Any classics? In fact, can I give you a classic? Yeah, you can give me a classic. Today I was listening to the always excellent Married to Who podcast who were uh-huh. reviewing The Web Planet. Ooh, oh, I, I like The Web Planet. They I know hated it, has a, it. Yeah, it has a bad rap. It, to be fair, it is quite boring. But I, I, there is something about the vibe of that story that I just love. Um... And I, I, I can't, you know, I can't explain why. <laughs> I just, I'm always going to defend the web planet for whatever reason. Um, yeah, we've got a few other classics to mention. The War Games, obviously. Oh, uh, yeah, that's one I've heard of. Yeah, The War Machines, uh, which is a late period Hartnell. Warrior's Gate, which is a bit of trippy late period Tom Baker. Uh, Warriors of the Deep. Uh, which is one of the stories that probably did more than any other to uh, result in the eventual cancellation for, of Doctor Who. There's a, there's an anecdote there which we won't get sidetracked with. Um, the Wheel in Space. And uh, I think there's one more. Where is it? Oh, no, maybe there isn't. No, those are all new Who. Uh, so there you go. Yeah, not quite as many as I expected, to be honest. But uh, of those, I think uh, War Games is probably the obvious standout mm-hmm. as a bona fide classic. Though I do have a soft spot for Warrior's Gate as well. Is it War Games that's about 18 episodes long? Uh, it's 10 parts, yeah. It's too many, too many. <laughs> <laughs> I vowed that we we're gonna watch it. Never review the war games. You were all for it at one point. I know. I ch- I, you know me. I like to change my way, mind like the like the tide. You know. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, who knows? Who knows what would you like? In future? Some aliens. Yes, please. What about the weeping angels? Uh, yeah. Uh, the the most iconic New Who uh, creation, I think. That's an absolute of, uh, disrespect uh, to the Ood. <laughs> what do you think Banner Cafalata is going to hear? Iconic as well. When Banner Cafalata hears this, how do you think he's <laughs> going to feel, David? Pretty cut up, I'm sure. Mm. 
Uh, what about just werewolves? Uh, yeah, I guess they've done a, they've done a couple of takes on werewolves in in, in Doctor Who over the years. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. What about Whispermen? I love the design of the Whispermen. Uh, it, it saddens me that they didn't have more to do. Yeah, I think I agree. I think they look great, but yeah, they're just they're just a bit meh. Uh, and and I think it's it's not helped by the fact that they only appear in the name of the Doctor. Imagine if they'd been popping up throughout like series seven. As just this ominous presence mm. once in a while. I think that could have been really cool. Yeah. Uh, it's a shame they just sort of came and went. Yeah. Well, I mean, Series 7 is just a bit of a jumbled mess, let's be honest. Uh, would you like some cast, characters, whatever? Before we do, we must mention uh, a, a classic monster you've not seen, but uh, the Wirren from uh the ark in space uh I, I i won't go into details but it would be remiss of me not to at least acknowledge the women okay. so uh there we go um <clears throat> uh yes uh what what, what do you got character wise okay so we have obviously william hartman we do yeah william russell mm-hmm uh, I have yeah. no idea how to say this. Annika Wills? Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, Played Polly. What about Wendy Padbury? Uh, yeah. Played... Uh, Z- oh, it's is it Zoe or is it Vicky? I, no, it is. It's Zoe, isn't it? She played. It, who cares? Uh, Let's be honest. Uh, yeah. Then we have she Lala wins. Ward. Uh, yes, yeah, Romana too. Uh, Matthew Waterhouse. Yeah, aka Adric. Yeah, he deserves better. Have you, doesn't what, you've you've seen an Adric story now, haven't you? Uh, I think so. I think so. Yeah, Black Orchid. He was in Black Orchid. So oh, yeah. seen at least one. But yeah. with Black Orchid, there's so many good bits to pick from. Uh, I can't single him out. What an episode! <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, uh, it is it is a, a a cornucopia of delights. And then story. I've got Bradley Walsh. Yeah, sure. Um, but then I think everyone knows what my pick's going to be. Uh huh. I'm going to go with Wilf. Uh, Wilfred Wilf. Ah, uh, Wilf. Yeah, hard hard to disagree. Um, the most the most lovable character in uh, certainly the RTD era possibly the history of Doctor Who yeah like you'd have to have an absolute heart of stone to not come out of of those couple of series adoring Wilf yeah just like he's just got such a warmth to him yeah, and you know that's as as good as the writing is. Really, it's Cribbins who's who needs to take the credit for that because that man is just it exudes loveliness. Yeah, in a way few human beings yeah. manage. Um, he makes me want to watch. Go back and watch Balamari. Yeah, 
Say, so go for it. Have you ever seen uh, old Jack's boat? That might be what I'm thinking of. Was he in Balamori? Yeah. I have no idea. Uh, Balamori rather passed me by, to be honest, Matt. <laughs> I was doing other things at the time. I, m- I might be thinking of old Jack's boat. Yeah. But yeah, that that's a lovely watch. Yeah. Um, when you Google yeah. Bernard Cribbins, Jack, uh, Balamori, it just comes up with old Jack's boat. Yeah. I'm getting a new but office anyway. at work. Do you think I could pick, folk, take a picture of Wilf and put it on my desk and tell everyone it was my granddad? <laughs> it would be fascinating to uh, to to see the, the responses you'd get from that. Yeah, especially if I got one. I might, I might just get one of old Jack where he's got his little dog as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, you want, do you want to hear some writers? Oh, you're going to do it anyway. Go on. David Whittaker. Never heard of who, him. Don't like him, though. He was the first story editor for Doctor Who uh, and also was quite a prolific writer on the early uh, days of the series uh, with credits on uh, The Edge of Destruction, The Rescue, which, you know, is still, I think, your favourite classic Who story. Um, behind The Twin Dilemma and yeah. Mark of the Rani... And what was the other thing we saw that had Anthony Ainley in? Five Doctors. Yeah. Okay, it's up there. So it's certainly the best half. It's up there. Uh, the Crusade he did, Power of the Daleks, Evil of the Daleks, Enemy of the World, Weird in Space, and The Ambassadors of Death in 1970. Um, and... Uh, you know, like I say, he, he, he was the first story editor for the series. Uh, it, you know, covered all, all of the first season and, and, and some of the second as well. Uh, you know, in that sort of 1963 to 1964 run. So, quite a significant figure. Then you've got Toby Whithouse, who, you know, like it or not, is is uh, credited with uh, six stories, seven total episodes over over the run of uh, the RTD and Moff era. Um, so he's definitely one of the more significant New Who writers. One one of the few to to be to you know get over the threshold of more than a couple of episodes. Uh, Joy Wilkinson, who uh, wrote the aforementioned Witchfinders, and Stephen Wyatt. Who wrote two stories in the uh, RTD? Uh, in, oh, RTD. What we're we talking about? The Sylvester McCoy era, uh, namely Paradise Towers and the Greatest Show in the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, lots to chew on there. Lots of different directions you could go in. I think I probably already tipped my hand a little bit. I I think I have to say David Whittaker on this occasion. Okay. Um, because he did so much to shape uh, early the, the early days of Doctor Who and is certainly one of the people who deserves credit for its continued existence to this day. I think he was one of those people who was a bit of a sort of steady hand on the tiller at a point when, when the show's immediate future was deeply uncertain. So... Uh, yeah, I I think he definitely deserves a lot of credit for that. He also wrote my favourite classic uh, Dalek story, The Power of the Daleks. So, 
you know, uh, lots, lots to uh, to recommend him. I would say. Uh, what about you, Matt? Are you, are you sticking with Wilf? I'm going Wilf. Yeah, there's no yeah. contest there for me. Yeah. I mean, do you not think that's the obvious choice? You know, the maybe or almost you know Twitter ban worthy choice. How dare you? How dare you? Just saying. Just saying it seems a little bit obvious. No, no, no. Let me have a look. I mean, the obvious one is because it's all the classic fans. They were all going, oh, it's William Hartnell. We love William Hartnell. You know. If William Hartnell's so great, you can bloody congratulate Shuri Gatwa on getting the role. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I don't want to. I don't want to sort of pay too much attention to the the the, the rumours and anecdotes around uh, Hartnell's attitude towards minorities. Yeah, exactly. But uh, cancel you know, William Hartnell. Hashtag cancel William Hartnell. Certainly, his 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 silence on this matter is deafening, mm. isn't it? Yeah. But hey, ha. All right, <laughs> moving on. We should probably retire that joke, shouldn't we? <laughs> I don't know, it makes me laugh every week when I it know. pops up. Yeah, likewise, likewise. I don't think it's going anywhere no. anytime soon, but uh, it, it it may be sure. Just wait till we get on to Sarah Jane and Elizabeth Sladen, because she's, she's been quiet recently, hasn't she? <laughs> That's true, she has. <laughs> oh, anyway, um, I think it's probably time for Have I Got Who's For You, don't you? Yeah, let's move on. So, I've not pre-read anything this week. I'm just going into this blind. Searchwise.net today It's giving us as our top hit. Uh, Polygon has got a think piece entitled Stephen Moffat's TV wasn't made for these times. I don't know that. I think that's probably going to be more in relation yeah, to uh, Time Traveller's wife. Put him back in the 70s and he could have written the carry-on films with his attitudes <laughs> towards like <laughs> rumpy pumpy. <laughs> <laughs> he does like a bit of seaside postcard humour, doesn't he? Mm, absolutely. Um, now, uh, here we are. Doctor Who star Peter Capaldi lands role in new Apple TV Plus <coughs> thriller criminal record. Almost nobody will see that, but I'm glad he's getting work. See, there, there are too many streaming services, aren't there? Like, I'm... I bet there's some nice stuff on Apple TV. I am never going to shell out for a subscription, or, or and, and certainly not an Apple product, just in order to to watch. I I've got an iPhone, Apple and when I got my new contract, it was like, oh, you can have six months free Apple TV. I've I've yeah. never even opened the app. <laughs> it's just too much. Um. Ooh. 
This is an interesting one. Uh, by the way, I'm, I'm ignoring the, the massive thing because I don't know if you've heard the latest uh, casting uh, for the 60th, um, which th there was an official press release for, but by the time this episode goes out, that information will be like two weeks old. So, you know, we can talk about that if you want. Is that uh, that it's got Neil Patrick Harris in it? Neil Patrick Harris, yeah. And the the uh, rumours abound that he's going to be playing the Celestial Toy Maker. Okay. Don't who is, is. A, uh, for, uh, a sort of, from a Hartnell story, mostly missing Hartnell story. I've never, because it's mostly missing, it's one that I've skipped and need to circle back around to at some point. My understanding of the Celestial Toy Maker as a character is that he's, you know, one of the sort of uh, impish, eternal kind of, you know, trickster god type villains. You know, a bit like, say, Q from Star Trek. Mm -hmm. That kind of vibe. Um, which, you know, you could do some cool stuff with that in... Uh, well, I, modern who I don't really like Neil Patrick Harris I have no strong feelings one way or the other I think you give him the right role and he could be very good um, so it's fine I think I don't think he gets cast in something like this unless they're going for a particular thing that would, would suit him mm -hmm. you know what I mean because that's a lot of money to spunk on stunt casting if, and do nothing interesting with uh tell you what i'm going to click on though i'm going to click on radio times i'm sorry but they're getting the click today um because i'm i'm interested in this doctor who unmade film script from dalek movie writer featured two doctors um a pair of doctor who movies starring peter cushing doctor who and the daleks and daleks invasion of earth 2150 AD were released in the mid-1960s and have now been painstakingly remastered for a new 4K Ultra HD release. Mm. But with this release has come uh, new information about a proposed third movie. It has been suggested over the years that a third film would, like its predecessors, have been based on a TV serial featuring the Daleks, specifically the 1965 story The Chase. But that underwhelming box office returns for the second movie saw these plans abandoned. Appearing on a panel at the BFI South Bank in London to promote the 4K release of the exciting existing two films, Sergei Sabotsky, son of the original film's writers uh, Milton Sabotsky, produced a document from his father's archives dated December 1964 that laid out an agreement between the BBC, Dalek's creator Terry Nation and Aru Productions Limited. Uh, people have often asked about the third movie. This first agreement was for two films, Sabotsky clarified. As long as the first movie was made within a year, then the second option could be exercised, the rights to make the second movie. However, Sabotsky revealed that the, a second deal was negotiated following production of 1965's Doctor Who and the Daleks, which would have allowed for a third film. There was a further agreement that was entered into to give the right to make a third movie, which of course was never done. It was on the same terms as the original films, so my feeling is the option lapsed. Um... Though a third movie never materialised, Sabotsky further revealed that his father did in fact produce a screenplay for the proposed sequel that remains in his family's possession and was also displayed at the BFI event. This script, however, was not an adaptation of any existing Doctor Who television serial. Many years later, maybe 15 years later, it was still clearly on his mind 
because he had prepared a script called Doctor Who's Greatest Adventure, which actually was a repurposed script of a horror film entitled King Crab. Oh, the original title was even worse. It was called Night of the Crabs. Whoa. It was with two doctors, a young doctor and an old doctor, which is an idea that has been returned to. It is unclear if one of the leads in this planned multi-doctor motion picture would have been Peter Cushing, but speaking exclusively to RadioTimes.com, Jill Curzon, who played in the Doctor Who's niece Louise in the 1966 Daleks Invasion of Earth 2150 AD, and Roberta Tovey, who played the scientist's granddaughter Susan in both original movies, insisted that they and their co-star would have been game to reprise their roles. So, it's it, it's interesting that it's sort of... It seems that, like, he wrote it years after the fact, even though there was no option at that point to actually make it. Um, So, less exciting than I'd originally thought. You've got to love the dreamers in life, though, haven't you? You have, you have. That, and that is fascinating. I would have loved to have seen Peter Cushing in a multi-doctor movie. That could have been so much fun. And, you know, it implies that there may be crabs were involved. Could have been the macra. That could have been a yeah, great old time. I think they're the only ones, really, aren't they? In terms of crab-based monsters yeah. in Who. Yeah. I think you'd, as a franchise, you could probably stick at just one giant sentient crab race. Yeah. I think to, to, to do more than one would be uh, pushing your luck somewhat. Yeah. Yeah, you're really scraping the barrel if you if you're going back to the crab well. You know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, having said that, I mean Doc- Doctor Who has done pretty much every variation on robots and cyborgs imaginable. Yeah, they still find a way to introduce a new one every now and then. Right. I I just think of that town called Mercy. I don't like that episode. <laughs> I know that you mention it every week these days. Yeah, that was that was entirely uncalled for. Yeah, if we're just talking about something else, I'll just be like, I mentioned <laughs> yeah. I don't like town commerce, and I don't I don't know why. I don't know why I don't like it. <coughs> Maybe that's one we should revisit one day. Never. <laughs> that's in the same pile as the okay. war games. Not gonna happen. Well, I'll tell you what has happened, Matt. Go on. We watched uh, Sarah Jane Adventures. Oh, we have. We have. We watched uh, a story whose name eludes me. I've just shut down my Revenge of Um, the Slovene. Revenge of the Slovene, that was it. Yeah. Um, As you can tell... Uncharted waters for me. I should probably like start preparing notes because I just can't coast anymore the way I used yeah, to. Yeah, maybe you could be the one that leads the discussion when we get to the oh, episode. I've I've no interest did, in doing that, Matt. Did you watch? Is it Attack of the Bane? Did you go back and watch the first episode again? Uh, no. Didn't Invasion have time. of the Bane, isn't it? Invasion of the Bane. Didn't have time. I don't think it was any great loss. I I like. I remembered about Luke. And the girl and her, you know, her parents had broken up and all that. So I, I feel like I I retained enough to be able to pretty See, much hit the ground. I, I did go back and watch it. 
Yeah. Um, and the big change. Uh, hold on, I've just got my notes here. Revenge of the Slithing. The big change is in the sort of secondary friend because in the pilot there's that horrible girl yeah. called Kelsey who, oh, yeah. who is Nowhere to be seen written here. out here for Clyde. Yeah. So. Which, you know, fair enough. I, I don't know, Clyde was also pretty annoying, let's be honest. Well, uh, children in Doctor Who are always annoying, aren't they? Yeah. Okay. Um, look, before we get too too into this, because I, I I I have opinions. I have opinions on this that will be expressed. But before we get there, uh, did we get many uh, responses from our listeners? Um. Let me have a look. Understandably, we had far fewer than normal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, be interesting to know who the hardcore Sarah Jane fans are out there. Uh, uh, me and you. That's it. <laughs> oh, I say that. We've actually we've got quite a few. Ah. Right. The first message comes from the Married to Who podcast. Say hello, David. Hello, Married to Who podcast. Who say... And I, I don't know whether I should say this because it's a rude word. They say, oh, fuck. Now I've got to watch the Sarah Jane adventures. <laughs> uh, I sympathise with that. Yeah. At least we get to have a chat. Yeah. Imagine if you've not watched it and you're tuning into him, me and you talk about it. <laughs> Imagine like, oh, I don't like Sarah Jane Adventures, but oh, I do like. I found my my kink is two men talking about it. <laughs> well, um, in that case, happy to oblige. Right. The next message comes from Mark from the All of Time and Space podcast. Say a big hello, David, because we never read his questions out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, how big a hello do you want? Sort of a uh, as, as big as, re- as is reasonable. I don't want you to wake your son up if he's asleep or anything. Ah, it's fine. He's out of the house. All oh, right. <coughs> Full Brian blessing. Hello! Perfect. Perfect. What yeah. will the neighbours think? Uh, uh, Mark just simply says W is for wolf weeds I genuinely can't think what that is a reference to it's It's going to be something fairly obscure Yeah. Um, then we have a message from James Swifty Swift say hello David hello James I I was just thinking there do we I, I know we've always done say hello David but now we're doing Sarah Jane do we need, like, new catchphrases? Do we need a new shtick? No. No. We've got to have some continuity. Yeah. It says you. Last Christmas you said we, you demanded we cancelled everything and started fresh. <laughs> Is it just when the clock yeah, chimes been... midnight New Year's Eve that we can start? Yeah. Right, okay. Absolutely. Right. Let, let's we'll, we'll, we'll retitle the podcast next year. Let's see whether Say Hello David makes it through to 2023. <laughs> okay, James Swift says, When I was a kid, I remember finding this story very engaging. When I recently watched it, I felt it was much better than the pilot. You get a better feeling of the characters and everyone feels less dull and more detailed. How did you feel comparing the two then? Would you, would you agree with that? Because obviously... Invasion of the Bay, not very fresh in my mind at this point. Um, I'll tell you in a little bit. Okay. Okay. 
then we have a message from the Who Can Convince You Boys. Say hello, David. Hello. Who says, hello both. I watched it for about 10 minutes and then forgot to carry on watching it. Whoops. W is for Wern. Oh, uh, we're in. We're in. And then they've yeah. also put, W is also for Who Can Convince You. Oh, I see what they did there. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out, chaps, if you've not heard it before. There you go. Uh, speaking of podcasts you should check out, we got a message from the Cloyster Bell podcast. Hello, Cloyster Bell podcast. Who just says, oh, man, I missed my chance to get my thoughts over on this. I mean, you didn't. <laughs> 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 Never mind, Rob. Oh, well. Better luck next week. <laughs> Excellent. Is that is that it? Oh, no, we've got some more. Okay. Uh, we've got one from James Courtney, but it's under the guise of his new podcast, Sarah Jane, Ooh, yes. We Need You, a podcast that reviews the Sarah Jane adventures. Excellent. There's only room for one, James. Back off. <laughs> right, we were here first. Torch it's cool though. Gen- genuinely, I do think it's it's one of those for 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 us, arguably, one of the most successful Doctor Who spin-offs. What do you mean? There's you know, only ever. four. <laughs> yeah, but it ran ran for five series. It ran for more series than Torchwood, and frankly, only stopped because unfortunately uh, Elizabeth Sladen passed away. It might have gone. I don't know, six, seven series maybe. Um, but despite that doesn't get a lot of coverage within the Doctor Who podcasting world. So, uh, well, the, you know. The numbers have doubled this week. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my mum's just ringing me. Hold on. Righto. Ask her what she thought of Revenge of the Living. Hello. Hello. Are you at home? I am at home, yeah. Do you like Doctor Who? Do what? Do you like Doctor Who? No. No, me neither. No, that's just what we're talking about. It's rubbish, isn't it? Yeah. Crap, isn't it? No, me neither. Me neither. No, no. Right. Yeah. All right, yeah. bye-bye. Okay, bye. bye. <laughs> right, well, that's staying in the edit. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, don't you dare edit that out. Ah, <laughs> oh, amazing. Oh, man, I can't remember. Where were we up to? Where were we up to? <laughs> uh, did I even uh, read what still James on Courtney said? Uh, I don't think you did, no. Right, he says, the Slovenia are the perfect fit for Sarah Jane Adventures. Their campness meshes so well. The addition of colours to their collars is useful for telling them apart. I didn't even notice that myself. Uh, no, nor me. And he says, I forgot to add, W is for windows, as in the windows on that TARDIS prop are the wrong size. Uh, and then right. he does say, and you thought serial codes were nerdy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Moving on. How many have we got left? Three left. Uh... David, can you say hello to BT Flibbity Giggard? Of course I can. Greetings, curator. Who says, love that you get to meet Clyde, a.k.a. the best character in Sarah Jane Adventures. 
R.I.P. that other one kid that was in the school who likes science. More like uh, <laughs> R.I.P. Kelsey. Where's she gone? Uh, yeah, love Sarah Jane's little speech at the end about the Doctor. I miss Elizabeth Sladen so much. And W is for William Hartnell. No, it isn't. That's a basic bitch response. You're better than that. <laughs> Try harder next week. Okay. Uh, then we've got two Martin McLean Hall of Famers to go through, David. Uh, do you want one or two? And I'll read them in uh, whatever order you choose. Let's go, let's go chronological order. Okay. So, first up is Sonia. Say hello, David. Hi, Sonia. David, you meant to say hello, Duchess. Oh, yes, I forgot. Sorry. Uh, hello, Duchess. You're still thinking about my mum, aren't you? <laughs> I, I Genuinely, I am. That was brilliant. Right. <laughs> Uh, she was actually ringing about the shower in my flat that's broken, but uh, why not just ask that? Okay. Yeah, why not? Sonny says, I had a really fun time watching it. The Slitheen work really well for a kid's show. They're silly and a bit crude. The kid's Slitheen was a bit annoying, but it was all right. I thought the characters were pretty good. And W is for Wilf. Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. And then, finally... We've got a message from Marie Boudreau. Say hello, David. We haven't heard from Marie for a while. We haven't. I think she's been uh, she's been holding off catching up because she's not had a chance to watch Flux yet. Ah. So, uh, yeah. Um, yes, hi, Marie. Who says, W, oh my, W, how much am I missing? I'm tempted to just listen what you describe and watch it all when it's finally released on my streaming services. You've always painted such a lovely picture of each episode. It'll be no issue. And for the letter W, I'll say wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. Oh yeah, good one. Do you know what? I like that. I, I'm going to change what my W was for. Yeah. Because we've just had two Martin McLean Hall of Famers there. I'm going to change mine to Wummel, Jessica Wummel, the inaugural oh, yeah. member. We haven't heard from her in ages. I hope she's okay. Yeah. Probably just busy. Yeah, probably too busy to listen to uh, the Netherlands' 41st most popular <laughs> TV. <laughs> if, if you're out there, Jessica Wummel, say hello. We miss you. Yeah, of course we do. May, maybe um, write a compelling letter to my mum about why you like Doctor Who. Yeah, maybe we can finally convince her. Yeah, that would that would be fun. Yeah. Right. I'm just going to put that on the docket, um, David. I think I know who our guest for episode 200 is. My <laughs> mum. Excellent. Right. Is it time? I think it probably is. Um, are we sticking with, with the standard rating system? Of uh, I guess we can't say episode because technically they're all going to be two-parters. So just good story, bad story. Mm. I I think... I might do, I don't know, I need I need a scale from Canine Adventures to Canine and Company. <laughs> <laughs> like my Doctor Who spin-off scale, you yeah. know, is, is this good enough to be in class, you know? No, I think we just stick with good story, bad story, good story, some bad bits. Let's yeah. just call it good episode, who cares? All right, so is so. What are you saying then? You you reckon this is a good episode? I'm gonna go. 
maybe bad episodes, some good bits. Yeah, that's where about so I I'm at currently with it. I think. Um, what uh, I would say, going back to when you said, is it better than the pilot? I, I think when we reviewed it, I think I really didn't like the character of Sarah Jane and how she was in that. You pilot. were really vehemently against her. You, she hadn't won you over with school reunion, which was your only frame of reference for her at that point. Yeah, she's better in this. And I think having seen her in like the five doctors and stuff, you know. Yeah, I, I, I do think if if nothing else, with Sarah Jane Adventures, up top, we should acknowledge how incredibly unusual and uh, cool it is to have a kids' TV show or indeed any TV show where the main, you know, the title character is like an older unmarried woman. Yeah, I, I think I like, said when we watched the first one, because I had no context of who yeah. Sarah Jane is, and it was a kid show, I just thought she was going to be a kid. Yeah. Um, so that, that in itself is, I think, quite remarkable and is a sort of thing that, you know, only something like the legacy of Doctor Who could make happen, I think, mm -hmm. sadly. You know, it shouldn't be that way, but it sort of is, you know, ageism and sexism, sexism and whatnot. Um, so that in itself is kind of cool and remarkable. Um, I think the thing that I personally am going to really need to get over is the way in which this show basically just try tries to do Doctor Who without the Doctor. Mm -hmm. um, it really annoys me that the title sequence is like a truncated, you know, B and M knockoff version yeah. of the uh, of the Doctor Who title sequence. She's got a know. sonic lipstick and sonic lipstick and her attic sonic. Oh, may right. as well be a TARDIS control room. Yeah, exactly. So it's those kinds of things. Having said that, I do quite like the attic set. Mm. I think it's quite nicely done. Um and it, it, it adds a bit to the vibe of this uh, series. The Sonic lipstick is is the biggest sticking point for me. But like I say, I think I probably just need to get over that because it's probably going to be used an awful lot over the series. And if I don't go with it, I'm going to have no fun. And it's just going to be me being a curmudgeon every week, which I don't want to do. Mm. <laughs> um. But if you just kind of take it on its own terms and attempt to sort of do, I don't know, a Muppet Babies version of Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, it was, it was uh, okay. It was, it was entertaining. This story to me kind of felt like the cold open of an RTD, RTD era episode of Doctor Who but it just keeps going for 45 minutes and the Doctor never shows up. Yeah, like... So everyone just has to sort it out themselves. It it was like travelling back in time. It's very much... Yeah. Like, when I saw it's from 2007, like, we've watched a lot of Doctor Who, haven't we? We have. We've come a long way since then. Mm. Um, so, yeah, the whole look of it, the tone of it, 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 it fits right in there al alongside your sort of... Uh, early 
tenant stuff. To be honest, that's probably my least favourite period of Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm going to need to acclimatise myself to it a bit in order to get the most out of it. But, I, I mean, Elizabeth Sladen goes a long way to helping with that because I do think she has such a sort of natural, quiet charm to her. Yeah, and that, I think that's what was missing in the pilot. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, to be fair to her, I think she she basically hadn't hadn't really been acting much at all um, for for the preceding sort of couple of decades. Like, um, she did a bit of work post Doctor Who, but at, at a certain point, she kind of just settled down and became a bit. Uh, um, you know, her focus was really on raising her family and and stuff. So. I, I imagine she was probably quite nervous going into Invasion of the Bay. Because um, uh, a, it's a big thing to suddenly go back into to, to, you know, being a lead character on a show after such a long time. Um, but she's, yeah, I think she, she does seem very... They, they, they write for her well in this episode. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and and my favourite scenes were the ones where she was on screen, in all honesty. Um, so, yeah, I think that probably about does it for, for sort of like up-top thoughts. Shall we just get stuck into it? Right. So, this is Revenge of the Slidine. Uh mm-hmm. It's season one, episode two and three, uh, yeah. from the 24th of September and the 1st of October, 2007. Yes, indeed. Written by Gareth Roberts, directed by Alice Troughton. Mm. Not looking forward to having to hear Gareth Roberts' name (laughs) many times Mm. over the coming weeks, but hey-ho, I don't think we're going to acknowledge it any more than that. (laughs) So we get an intro from Maria, who I actually quite liked in this. I don't know whether the other kids were so dislikable she stood out as being okay, but I thought she was okay. Yeah, no, she's fine. Uh, we're reintroduced to Sarah Jane and Luke. Mm-hmm. And things get weird when we go back to school, David. Oh, yeah. I, I quite liked this as a, as a device, the sort of uh, preview montage mm. of uh, some of the stuff coming up in that story. I mean, it's a, it's a very obvious ploy to get kids hooked into it because it, it, it is a slow build from that point on. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I I thought well, that was kind of fun and different. Uh, Sarah Jane drops Luke off at school and gives him a little kiss. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Awkward. Yeah. Oh God, Mum. <laughs> um, are kids actually that embarrassed by by that sort of thing? No, I don't. Know. Since the pandemic, kids have learned to like appreciate family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a Slitheen possesses a teacher. Yes. And this is where Maria and Luke meet Clyde. So, uh, were you happy to have the Slitheen back? Let's let's talk about that. Um, I was a bit like, oh, that's nice. We haven't seen them in a while. 
Yeah. But then, because this is a very old episode, I was like, the CGI looks crap, the costume looks crap, and I don't like the slithing. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I get the argument that they are a very good fit for a kid's show. Like, that was kind of always the criticism of them in series one of Doctor Who was, was that they were a little bit too CBBC. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a sort of example of the show not really quite knowing what sort of tone to strike in that first series. Um, but I've never liked the design of them. Um, and... I'm not keen on the sort of undertones of fat shaming, which unfortunately is kind of a prerequisite to their whole concept. Um, I think it would be more forgivable if it didn't become a bit of a recurring theme within RTD's era as a whole. Um, And, yeah, I... I, I think I also struggled a little bit, particularly the the, the, the guy who's the, the lead Slithing, the one that's uh, in the headmaster's body in this story. Uh, he Boy, is he hamming it up a storm in this story. I really would have kind of liked him to maybe take it down a notch in terms of the, the overall sort of campiness. So... Um, Imagine if there's yeah. Slithing come back, but they're, like, dark and dangerous. Uh, I, I, I don't think it needs to be that much of a course correct, but uh, I certainly... I wouldn't want the Slithine, as they're presented in this story, sort of showing up on, on Doctor Who again anytime soon. I think you would have to do some serious retooling mm-hmm. to, uh, to make them work at this point. Um, but, yeah, I mean... It, it, it it does it does kind of make sense. Uh, it it but also I don't know, even compared to that first two parter, just the fact that they've gone from occupying uh, the British government to like a single school. Yeah. In in the suburbs, it, it feels. I don't know, weirdly low stakes. I mean, obviously we get we get some more context for it later and it's more to do with geography and stuff like that. But uh, you know what I mean? I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I'm, I'm much more excited to see what this show does in terms of maybe some original uh, monsters and villains. Um, so... This this story was perhaps already at a bit of a disadvantage, be, being a Slovene-based story for me. Mm-hmm. Right. One of the teachers farts in assembly, because farts are hilarious to children. <sighs> yeah. And they go on a big tour of the new school building. Mm. They stop for school dinner, which is all horrible and mouldy. Yeah. And Maria's dad becomes intrigued by all the farting. He says he built a similar yep. smelling school not so long ago. Yes, yes, indeed. Oh, uh, was it he? He worked. Was it not IT that he did? Yeah, something like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Slovene are planning some sort of hideous plot, whilst Luke worries about his social skills. Yeah, I wonder if that's going to be um, a through thread that he's going to turn into a real boy at some point. 
It's possible. Right. I'll tell you what I'm going to do, Matt. I'm going to I'm going to relocate to downstairs because the dog I think is just lonely. So uh, I apologise, listeners. I'm currently on my way downstairs to uh, keep my lonely dog company. So if you notice a change in audio quality, that is the reason. Right. Okay. Should we carry on? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Right, we find out that there is a company called Cold Fire Construction, building schools all around London. Uh, Maria's mob comes round to see the new house, and is awful, just a bad person. Yeah, I, um... <sighs> they lay it on a bit thick, don't they? Is she just there so that the kids watching can just be like, oh, parents, they just don't get it, man. Mm, yeah, I guess so, and I guess... I don't know. I, I It kind of bothers me when you get... Because, you know, I, my, my, my parents are divorced, um, and so I, I get a little bit sensitive around portrayals of uh, separated parents and stuff in TV, and, and I'm not a big fan of when we do this thing of... Here is the good parent, and here is the irresponsible bad parent, mm-hmm. um, because it's usually more complicated than that. <laughs> um, and you know, this whole thing about children having to choose sides and and all that sort of thing. So I'm I'm not a big fan of it. Um, and as I say, I think with the mum, they really lay it on thick in terms of her being, you know stupid and selfish and you know all the rest of it they basically don't give her any redeeming qualities Mm -hmm. to the point that it makes you wonder what what did what did that nice chap ever see in her um which you know stretches credulity somewhat yeah yeah so there's Levine cut all of london's power which makes some of their own equipment explode and the power returns. They say one more step and Slidine will destroy the planet. It's later revealed that's not actually their plan. Yeah. So um, I'm already kind of forgetting what the plan is. I'll tell you at the uh, end but sure. I think it changes yeah. halfway through. Yeah, possibly. So Sarah Jane asked Maria's dad about the school he built and you see mm. on the plans there's a sealed area without a door. Yeah. We later find out there uh, is a door. You could I, you could I just do... build that without a door, David. <laughs> That's another thing I will say I do like about this story, and I hope it continues throughout, is seeing Sarah Jane using actual investigative journalism skills. Mm-hmm. Like she does some proper snooping in this. Um which is is cool. Like, I don't know. I think it's just so it. It's such a cool thing to to present to a young audience this character, who is like, yeah, she, you know, she's an independent person. She, uh, you know, is is uh, an older woman, but she's got a career. She's good at it. Um, She's, um, you know, and, and it's one that sort of pursues the truth 
I don't know. I think that's just a really... A really different but very valuable kind of character to be presenting to, to a young audience. So, yeah. Sorry, I'm rambling. Should we crack on with the story? Right. Um, where are we? So, Luke knows loads about electricity and the Slidane yeah. teacher becomes intrigued. Sarah Jane oh, yes. goes yeah. to question what's going on at the school. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke goes to the science club with Carl, who I think we've seen previously as a bit of a bully victim. Uh, possibly, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's kind of it's it's blatantly obvious that this this new science club is just the Slidine teacher, just wanting to to corner Luke to to pick his brains. Yeah, he wants to solve some yeah. sort of issue they're having with their engineering. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah Jane asks Maria to find the source of the smell in the school. And at Cold Fire Construction, Sarah Jane meets the female Slidane. Yes. Not the same one from last time. No, no. They're all different Slidines. Okay. Uh, Clyde asks Luke where he came from. He doesn't say, oh, my mum found me in a bin. Um, no. But... He's just like, I don't know. So, they find an empty space in the building. Yeah. And whilst they're looking for it, Marie has also looked for it and is hiding from the teacher's Slidine in a computer lab. We see him shed his skin and I forgot how awful that effect is. Yeah, um, though I do think the, the, the shot... Of the skin suit falling to the floor, that's like shot at a low angle, mm. like P- POV under the desk. I think that is a very effective shot. Um, I'm just glad they don't. They they. Do you remember there is that? Uh, there is only one shot like it in the whole Slithine two parter in in series one, uh, but where there is like a big, obvious zip on the forehead. Yes. Of. I, I can't believe that, that that made it to the edit of that story because it's it, it's so dumb. <laughs> and we never see it, you know, ever again in the history of Slovene stories. It's always just that blue light effect across the forehead. Um, but, yeah. Uh, where are we up to? Um, so... The female Slidine unzips her head too. Mm-hmm. Uh, she hunts Sarah Jane whilst the teacher hunts yeah. Maria. Maria finds Clyde and they run whilst Luke gains entry to the secret room. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carl helps uh, Maria and Clyde to hide, but he is a Slidine too. Oh, child Slidine. What a twist. Yeah. It's all... It's all kicking off. Yeah. And that's our cliffhanger, isn't it? Yep. So that's the yeah. end of episode one. Yeah. Um, then we move into episode two, where I totally misconstrued what was happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've put this... What, for the whole thing, or just... No, just the beginning. I've put uh, Sarah Jane fights the Slidine with perfume and then drives off abandoning the children. I forgot they were oh, in yeah. different locations and she was driving towards the children to save them. Yeah, yeah, because she's, she's been investigating 
Uh, is it what's the name of Cold the, the Fire film? Construction? Cold Fire Construction. That's a very RTD thing, isn't it? Just like generic sounding uh, uh, ominous business. Mm. I kind of wonder whether we, cold fire is going to be a word that keeps reoccurring in different ways this series. Oh, I sort of hope they don't do that. I kind of would like it to be a bit more standalone. But, you know, we shall we'll see. see. Uh, so Sarah Jane advises the children to use smell. The uh, Slitheen don't respond well to smell. So they use mm. Clyde's deodorant and Sarah Jane uses the sonic lipstick to open the door and save them. Yeah. Okay. Now, Maria advises Clyde to forget all he's seen. And it's at this point where I put, wait, where's that girl out of episode one? <laughs> Suddenly remembered that. Yeah. Um, but now she's... It, I think it even says on the Wikipedia that she was written out due to, like, poor fan reception. I can believe it. So, the Slitheen begin to initiate their plan. And Sarah Jane recognises the Doctor mentioning the Slitheen to her. So she summons yeah. Mr. Smith. Oh yeah, good old Alexander Armstrong. Yeah, but in the day and age that we've all got Siri, it's not as impressive now, is it? It's not. like it, And especially... The, the graphics on Mr. Smith, quite frankly, they are Windows XP level at best. Yeah, yeah. It's not, not a great look. Um, so, yeah, all of Cold Fire buildings link to cities with underground railways, but why, David, why? But why? Uh, Luke confesses that he is the one that's leaked all the information to the Slitheen about how to get their, you know, engineering feats to work. Mm -hmm. So he's a traitor, leaking information. Mm. Uh, we find out the underground railways are a cooling system for Slitheen capacitors. Yeah. And sure, at, I guess as we work that, that out. We start to get worldwide blackouts. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Smith is about to highlight the Slitheen's weakness when he himself cuts out. Oh no. Yeah. He kind of goes, oh, they're weak too, and then stops. Mm -hmm. uh, so Sarah Jane leads the kids back to the school, and they work out that earlier the Slitheen teacher really didn't like that Clyde was eating a chip sandwich. Mm -hmm. And they thought, no, 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 it can't be the food because we, 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 it's the vinegar on his chips because they're. Oh, they take so long to get there as well. They have to rule out salt first, and it's it's such a just like. Oh, I don't know. I found that sort of that scene kind of agonising, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. It takes so long to so, get there because they're a calcium-based life form. Mm -hmm. They're going to use all the acid from the vinegar, so they put it in spray bottles and all sorts. Mm -hmm. Now, as well as global power cuts, the Slitheen have started stealing energy from the sun, so it gets dark and cold, and the final Slitheen finally unzips. Mm -hmm. Okay, He approaches Sarah Jane and the kids, who spray him, and... Yeah. 
Then I've just put, Maria kills him and laughs a little bit too much about doing it. Yeah, it it it, it doesn't sit well with me, that scene. Yeah. Or indeed any of the the the, the, the murders that our, our protagonists commit. Like, imagine over the remainder of this e- story. Even if you felt under threat, if you committed a murder and that victim blew up and you had all their guts all over your face, you yeah. wouldn't just have a little chuckle, would you? No, you'd be like, ugh you'd be sort of like shaken up and horrified. Shell shocked, yeah. Yeah. But instead she's just like Ha-ha, that was a lot of fun. Let's do that again. Mm. Yeah. So, more Slitheen teleport in. They want revenge for what the Doctor did to them earlier. Mm. Uh, Luke plays a bit of a bluff and says he gave the wrong equation earlier to make it explode on purpose. And now, at this point, we still haven't really outlined what their plan is. No. So they were planning on stealing all the energy from Earth, which somehow includes energy from the sun. They were going to sell it off mm-hmm. so they could get a spaceship to get back to their planet. Yeah. It, it sort of somehow makes even less sense than the, the scheme that they had in uh, Aliens of London World War Three. Mm. Um, but yeah, I guess it's on brand. You know, it's a, it's a harebrained scheme. Instead of coming back and being gritty, what if they just reoccur as like the universe's great triers and the Doctor just puts them down every time? It's just like <laughs> their schemes are so stupid, the Doctor just turns up, just kicks them in a bin or something. I'd, I'd love it if they just got dumber every time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, Sarah Jane throws the sonic lipstick to Luke. He runs off and mm-hmm. blows up some capacitors, which blows up the Slitheen. And then, speaking of all the murdering, at the end, Sarah Jane could spare them, but didn't. Yeah. And then, just rings up Unit to clear up her mess. Yeah, yeah. Again, doesn't doesn't sit well with me that no um yeah i don't really have much else to say it's just like i think did am i right in thinking in that final moment that she sort of allows the child to teleport away i think possibly the child slithine gets away because they're like oh it's just the child i I think they're saying open the the door to spare the child yeah and she doesn't do that it just gets teleported Mm. away yeah but but teleport away, but but its father, she just lets die. Yeah. So that child is now going to grow up without a dad. Oh, don't worry. In a few episodes, Sarah Jane will adopt it and tell everyone it's her <laughs> son. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, so man. it ends with Maria's mum being seemingly suspicious of Sarah Jane, but it turns out she's too self-centered to actually understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Sarah Jane tells Clyde about the Doctor and the Doctor's legacy. And mm-hmm. Clyde begins to talk to Mr. Smith, but the team interrupt because they're all such great mates. Yeah. Um, Luke calls Sarah Jane mum. They all hug at the end. Yeah. So I, I did want to mention as well, it, 
I think it's going to be a recurring theme. I remember this happening in Invasion of the Bane as well. So I probably said something very similar at the time. But um, I don't like that, that the stories end with Sarah Jane doing the opposite of what a journalist is supposed to do. And just, uh, like, covering up the incidents that she investigates with fake news stories. Yeah. <laughs> instead of actually exposing the truth. Um, because she's sort of got this this idea that, like, oh, the world isn't ready to know about this or whatever. So she's just, again, she's just kind of doing units dirty work for them uh, and, and, and sort of planting false stories as a cover-up. So she does all that great investigative journalism and then at the end of it just does, like, essentially anti-journalism. Yeah. Yeah, bit weird. But again, one of those things that I think, like the title sequence, like the Sonic lipstick, uh, I'm just going to have to get over it. You know, we, we don't have to get over it. We can just can this project now. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you, Matt. Uh, one story in. Well, uh, two, technically, I suppose. Uh, are you regretting agreeing to do all of Sarah Jane Adventures? I don't know, because this was better than the pilot. So there's potential we could get better still. It, it went for five series. There's got to be something to it. Mm. And people people who love this show love this show. You know what I mean? I think even more so than Torchwood fans. I think Torchwood fans will, will, will generally be like, oh yeah, season one's a bit rubbish and season two it gets better and then series three is great and then series four's not that good. So it's just like, oh, so basically it's, it's one five-episode series that's actually really good, apparently, in Torchwood and the rest of it is a bit... Eh. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas with Sarah Jane Adventures, I'm, I'm sure nostalgia plays a part in it, um, as, as it does with, I think, so much of Doctor Who, you know... Um, the stuff that you're exposed to at a young age is the stuff that you hold most dear to you but regardless people love this show so much so I am, I am willing to give it a chance I want to try and uh, get what I can from it I don't know that it's ever going to completely win me over because you know I am a 35 year old man <laughs> there's no getting around that um, but you know I'll give it a go that, that's all we ask of you David that's yeah indeed indeed um, so yeah that I guess about does it for um, the first of our Sarah Jane uh episodes uh i i should have looked this up earlier because again i um i am unprepared and i can't i can no longer coast on my knowledge <laughs> in the way that i did when we were covering uh doctor who so Do you know what? this, this is finally gonna that. like expose you as the weak link for years people have thought it was me <laughs> and now finally you're like uh i don't oh, know anything yeah. <laughs> right, we've got Eye of the Gorgon. It's, it's, that's next, is it? Yeah. Eye of the Gorgon. Oh, that's interesting. So, uh, remind me, what is a Gorgon in uh, in mythology? Med- Medusa. I, I, I'm picturing... 
Oh, I was you saying I was picturing Medusa, but I was like, no, but a Medusa's called a Medusa. So, um, but it's the same, is it? Yeah. Yeah. So, are we gonna are we gonna see some snake hair? Oh, I, d- I oh. don't know. I don't know. I'd love it if they did if they went full Ray Harryhausen with it. It was all stop motion. That'd be cool. It won't be. Just God, I remember seeing that as a kid. Make that it good. Right up. Do you know what I'm referring to? The scene in, I think it's Crash of the Titans, isn't it? Yeah. God, that holds up. That really holds up. Great filmmaking. Um, but yeah, it, it, it would be nice if it's good, isn't it? I don't want us to be disappointed every week. No, no. Something um, to look forward to. Yes, indeed. Uh, So, uh, until then, listeners, thank you, as always, for joining us. And until next time, cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.